Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, we got some great mailback questions today for you on this podcast, Sports Day Tampa Bay. A little bit of controversy. It's even getting a little louder now with Todd Bowles not calling a timeout at the end of their game, of course, at Detroit. So we'll get into all of that. And the Tampa Bay Lightning. Steve, I got to tell you, man, I watched this game. The Lightning are on a roll now. That's five. What is it? Six out of seven. Six out of seven. Right? They'd won five in a row. Then they lost the back-to-back Sunday in Detroit. And then, yeah, everybody lost in Detroit, apparently, yeah, well, but yeah. if you're from Tampa. But listen, um, they play Philadelphia. It got a little dicey. They're up 3 nothing, and all of a sudden it's 4-3, to three, and I'm thinking, mm, are they going to pull this out? And they do. Nikita Kucherov, what a year this dude is having, man. Leads the NHL in points. Now has a hat trick in the game. They got him the third one on an empty netter. But 31 goals now and the most points in the NHL. I mean, MVP? Well, he definitely should be in the conversation, except he's not, which is just criminal, to be honest. Is um, that just because of where their team is at? I, I think it's at? because of or the market. The Lightning's not performing to the standards the Lightning typically have. I think okay. it's because they're in Tampa Bay and not in name Toronto, your, Toronto with Matthews yeah. or Edmonton with McDavid. or And they're having phenomenal years, too, and they should all be in the conversation. Absolutely. But he should be. But Nikita Kucherov is carrying this team. Yes. Yes. You know, while they struggled defensively, he has just absolutely carried this team. He's he's got 31 goals now. That is, I believe, tied for third in the NHL. He has 49 assists. That is second in the NHL. He has 80 points, which is tops, ahead of Nathan McKinnon. He has, I mean, and what he has done, I mean, we've talked in years past about and maybe this is just part of just you know getting better and, and knowing the game better. But we've talked like Steven Stamkos, you know, a few years ago. Everyone thought his career was done, and then he had a whole off season to train because he was healthy instead of rehabbing. And and what a difference that made to be able to train all summer long. The Lightning have had such short off seasons that we also know Nikita Kucherov was on the ice a week after the they were eliminated from the playoffs last year. Most guys take really? a lot of the summer off. He was out at Brandon a week later. A week later? Yes. Working every or you know, working five, six days a week all summer long. Wow. It, it, just working on taking pucks off the board and all the little things he does and all the things that he that he makes look simple that most guys flub on the ice. And he, he did all summer that. And now look at what he's come out this year and done. He has been he has taken his game to another level. No question about it. He is so much fun to watch. And it he sees the game so differently than anybody else and controls the game from the the half wall essentially. And and it's just it's it's fun. It's it's crazy some of the passes he makes and some of the the plays he sees before anyone else sees it. And and you know, occasionally get those mistakes and and 
look, I've, I've been critical of them too, of, you know, there are times you just can't make that play, that pass at that spot, last guy back. But when, when you have a player that's as brilliant as he is, sometimes they're going to go bad and sometimes it's going to be in the wrong spot and it's going to cost you. But, man, the good outweighs the, the bad so much. And this year has just been – it's – when he's on the ice, like, you know, where we – or I said at Emily Arena, we're high above. We're up in the press box. So we're at the top of the arena, high above. You can see everything. When he's on the ice, I tend to watch him more than I watch the puck. Like, I just – where he finds things – tonight, one of the goals on the power play. He got lost behind the net. And he just kind of hung back there for a little bit and purposely got lost. And you saw all four guys go out towards the puck. And all of a sudden, then he emerged. Boom, puck's in the net. Like, you know, he's just, his his hockey IQ is so good. It's hard to describe because, you know, hockey is such a fluid game. You know, it's not like football where you stop and start and call plays. Every, you know, every six seconds a play is run. And then, you know, you huddle up and decide what to do. Like hockey is just fluid motion. And the way he sees it, the way he, the way he plays the game and sets his teammates up too, it's just it's brilliant. It really is. And and this year he's shooting more than ever, which is why he's got all of a sudden thirty one goals and is third in the league. Normally, you know, the assists you know, but it's the goals this year that's been special. Well, and that to me that that's what shows his greatness because, you know. To, this is a team that needs scoring. They don't get a lot of secondary scoring, you know. I mean, you get your, you mm-hmm. know, your Hagels and Stamkos on the power play, and it's usually the same cast of characters for the most part, right? They're getting some from Isamont and others, but mm-hmm. but what you see, I what I see anyway, and I'm I'm look, I'm just a guy watching a big screen, right? Um, but what I see is Kucherov understanding that he needs to score goals. He's always had the ability to score them, mm-hmm. right? But it seemed like he was more creative and more interested and in, in maybe amused by making these plays, right, for assisting for other people. Now it's like, no, I'm pretty much going to put this in the net whenever I can. Well, I, I and, think it's I think it's more how are you going to play me? You're going to guard yeah, you're my gonna shot? play off for the pass. I'm going yeah. to shoot it. You're going to guard yeah. my shot? I'll pass. You're going to guard the pass? I'll shoot. Like That's a good point. I'll, I'll yeah. take what you give me. I don't care. Yeah. I've got I got Hagel. I got Headman. I got Stamkos. And they're giving got, him the shot. They're yeah. giving him the shot. Yeah. I got guys that can score here. So if you want to you want to take away the pass, I'll yeah. got, and in the past it seemed like he was hesitant to shoot at times. Mm-hmm. Like he would he would wait until he had no other options, and then shoot. And now he's, you know, and I think some of it's just maturity. I think some of it's, I think there's a lot of parts to it, and and may, maybe it's. Maybe it's partly that he doesn't think there's as much secondary scoring on this team, so I got to step that up too. But or Phyllis, maybe Phil Esposito has just gotten <laughs> finally through to him. Maybe maybe he's just tired of Phil. I, I can tell be- you, Phil just <laughs> Phil loves watching him play, and this year particularly, like Phil is like the amount of times uh, on the air, but even off the air, just going, "Holy cow!" What Cooch just did was incredible. The way like, he sees the ice is un- unbelievable. Yeah, it he, really is. He, now he is, they, there he was may I'll, be the most underrated superstar in the NHL. Yeah, and. Listen, not for nothing. I think part of that is he's Russian. Sure, right? he doesn't speak in the media that much, so you don't. He hear doesn't from talk him a, a whole lot. You don't yeah. really hear his voice a ton, mm-hmm. um, except when he's drunk and he wins the Stanley Cup, which is awesome, right? By the way, but when you say <laughs> when, when when nationally and, and for, forget locally, but nationally, when you say Tampa Bay, 
You think Stamkos? He's at best. Stamkos, Hedman, Vazzy are your first three, and then you get to Cooch. Yeah, yeah. Like he's the fourth name you say, even though he may be the best. uh, Vazzy's probably the best player on the team, but Mm -hmm. he's next at this point in their careers. Exactly. You know, but he's not considered that way because you don't talk about him that way. You talk about Stamkos, Hedman, and Vazzy first. Mm -hmm. He's he's just this year has been so much fun to watch with him. And, and he's, got, he's carried the team. I mean, you didn't have Andre Vasilevsky the first 20 games. You've changed your defensive system, and that caused all kinds of problems. And they're finally starting to figure it out and be more comfortable in it and making better decisions in their own zone and how to clear the puck in that. So you're, you're finally starting to see, I, I think, now what the Lightning will be. And, and that's, look, they're going to be a playoff team. If they continue like this, they're a playoff team, no question. And they're going to be a tough out. I mean, you know, in, in hockey, we know it, it's not always the best team in the regular season that goes on to win. In fact, it's the hot team with a good goaltender. Goaltender and healthy. You True. know, what team's healthy, too? That's a big part of it. So, you know, we'll come see, you know, see mid-April when the season ends. But if, what the Lightning are doing right now, if they can keep this up, and they've got two more games this week at home against Arizona and New Jersey, and then they go on a 10-day break. And they have a bye week in the All-Star break, and every team gets this. Some teams won't get their bye week until after the All-Star game, which is next weekend. But we'll see how they come back from that. And hopefully they'll get back healthier. Because don't forget, right now they're doing this without Mikhail Sergachev, without Eric Chernak, and without Tanner Janot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been out for a while. And Chernak skated for the first time on Wednesday with the team. So did Hayden Fleury on, on Tuesday. I'm sorry. They skated for the first time. They didn't play Tuesday night. Not sure if they'll get in this week, but... You know, they're starting to get back. And Mikhail Sergachev, Julian Breezewell said, would, wouldn't be till after the All-Star break. So it won't be this week for him, for sure. But they start getting those guys back. You're seeing some young guys chip in. Emil Lilleberg and Max Crozier on the back end have been fantastic together. Now, yeah. they, they played at rookie camp together in, with the Lightning, and they played at Syracuse this year together. So it helps that they're up together playing as a pair. Mm-hmm. They've looked really good. And that's why they're still here. And still, play. well, let, let me ask you because I, I, you know, I see them about every other game. Um, a lot of times they play, and I'm on the road, and I, I miss them. Uh, you know, even though they're broadcast locally. But mm-hmm. um, so when when you go on this run, they win five in a row. Uh, they lose in Detroit. It was a bad weekend for Tampa teams in Detroit, and then you win six out of seven. So just in that small little window, what's been the big difference? Like, what is that thing that has happened? Because they've had a lot of new players have to come in and fill roles and things like that. Usually that's not a great recipe for success. But what has been the thing that you could say, okay, this is why they've won this many games? Here's the goals given up. Three, two, one, three, one, three, two. Three goals or less. Three goals or less. That's the recipe. That's I mean, it. You know, you definitely you generally want two or less, but right. some right. of those, you know, they won seven to three. Tonight, yeah. you know, Tuesday night, yeah, they won blowout, six, to three. six to three. Yeah. You know, with the exception of the two games at Minnesota and Boston earlier this month where they gave up four and seven. Um, then they gave up four to Winnipeg. So since those games, it's been it's been the defensive end. It's been better coverage. It's been better getting the puck out of your. A lot of their problems early in the year weren't. people talked about the defensive zone and and how they changed their schemes and and some of the things they do, but it wasn't so much the defensive coverage. That was the issue. It was 
Now we've got the puck. How do we get it out of the zone? Yeah. And the turnovers and the passes and that. And they've been better at that. They've been better executing breakouts from their zone, getting the puck out of danger areas. Um, and, and quite frankly, Vazzy's played better. You know, he's been getting better as the season goes along as well. And that you helps know, that's, too. that's the smartest thing. I mean, I, I think you're exactly right with that. Um, he still ha- can make the spectacular save. Mm-hmm. But what you're not seeing is anything easy going through him. Like, he's stopping everything that you need him to stop, mm-hmm. right, with the occasional great save. And earlier in the season, I, I think he was leaky. I think a few things that you just kind of take for granted, oh, he'll stop that, we're getting through. He's coming now, off back surgery. I mean, you know, yeah, at, at a position right. where uh, the amount of torque and oh my goodness. twerking on that back is crazy. Like, yeah, you know, and I, I've never had back surgery. I have no idea what that feels like. But I can't imagine when he came on the ice – for the first few games, he felt 100%. Right. And as John Cooper liked to say back then, too, he hadn't played a game in 205 days. And that might be the biggest thing, right? That might just be like, you know, you, you just weren't in sync. You just mm-hmm. weren't in that game mode where it was reactive versus thinking about it. Yeah. You didn't have three and, weeks and, of training camp where you played yeah. some games and, and that, too. Yeah. I mean, you practiced, but you didn't have camp. But it wasn't full speed, mm-hmm. you know? So he seems like he's he's settling in, you know. And if he settles in, then it's over, because he can stop the routine shots all day, and then the 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 big saves that he makes is what wins games for you. So they were impressive. It was an impressive win. And look, Tort's team got after it. Uh, they're down three to nothing. They they dig it out. They you know they get back uh, those goals and 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 push the lightning to the brink. So. Um, it wasn't an easy win on the road. You take all of those. But, yeah, man, they're – And if you're scoreboard to... watching on Tuesday night, the Islanders right. lost. Nice. The Flyers, who the Lightning beat, lost. The mm-hmm. Canadians lost. The Red Wings lost in regulation. So you got the two oh, points wow. back against them. The yeah. uh, Capitals are losing big. Mm. Like, all the teams in the Eastern Conference that were playing on Tuesday night lost. That are close to you in the standings. So what you need, especially when they have games at hand and things like that. It's a little early to scoreboard watch, but when you have a night like where every team around you that was in action lost and you won, that's that's a huge step up. So they're they're currently third place in the the Atlantic Division again. Toronto's just a point behind them, but they do have three games in hand. So, Uh, but Detroit now is two points behind you with a game in hand. So, yeah. Health will be the the issue, and, and you know, they got to stay healthy, obviously. But they they look and are playing like a playoff team if they can do any of this, you know, going forward. And and Cooch is leading them, which is just awesome. And, and to you see. don't know what's going to happen these next two games. But you and I have talked about the ninety six point rule in hockey. Yes, you get twelve points every ten games. That's right. And you have a you're pretty much guaranteed to make the playoffs. That's ninety six points through eighty. Then you got two games to spare. Yep. The Lightning have been behind that pace all year because they haven't been playing very well. If they were to win the next two, and that's still an if, they would be at 59 points through 50 games, which means you're one point off that pace, which means in this 10-game segment, they caught up a bunch of points. Yeah, they did. Like, all of a sudden, where people were panicked about the Lightning, now now you go, okay, they're right there in the playoff hunt. I mean, they're right at playoff pace. We start looking at points percentage, which they were down significantly. They're now fourth in their division, and what only three teams in the the Metropolitan have a better win percentage points percentage than them. So now they're right at seventh or eighth in the conference. That's playoffs. 
Yeah. Well, look, if you get 12 out of 14 points, you're okay. <laughs> you're doing all right. Exactly. I mean, that's that's you know that's the bottom line. It's about points, as mm-hmm. Tom Brady once told me. Uh, it's about scoring points and 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 for them accumulating them. So, hell of a job by the Lightning um, in beating Philadelphia. We'll get to mailbag questions. We got a little controversy that is is getting more attention than it did on even on Sunday or Monday, um, and we'll talk about that from, of course, the NFC uh, divisional playoff game at Detroit. But first. Uh, for the past 14 years, you know you know the skilled pros of Bay Electric Solar. They've been installing solar energy systems in Florida now. They provide the most reliable solar equipment, the best installation methods, and service while helping homeowners cut energy costs with an environmentally friendly investment. May Electric Solar uses their own skilled employees, never subcontractors, and they've always offered the safest and most reliable equipment. Well, now May Electric Solar offers a 30-year no cost equipment replacement and labor warranty. That means for 30 years, May Electric Solar, backed by Solar Insure, means that your roof, electrical, and equipment replacement is all covered. Solar Insure even survives May Electric Solar. It's owned by the homeowner with no deductibles or additional fees. Now, this policy will transfer to new homeowners with no fee. This is not a blanket insurance policy. In fact, only the best contractors are allowed to be part of this program. May Electric Solar's reputation and history of workmanship has earned them this membership. To learn more about May Electric Solar's installation and their 30-year warranty, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, so we touched on this, I think, uh, after the game, Steve, and maybe the next day. I'm not exactly sure. But, um, you know, clearly I, I still maintain the better team won in, between the Bucks and the Detroit Lions in the NFC Divisional Playoff game at Detroit. I was there. Um, I credit the Bucks for having the heart that they did. Um, every time they kept coming back, it was 17-17. I think with about 13 minutes to go, they're still in that game. And we know how it ends. Uh, the Lions end up winning the, the football game. But at the end of the game, um, and we touched on this, but this is now getting national attention. And frankly, I have something to say about it as well. The Lions botched the end of the game situation in that they could have run the clock out if they just didn't snap the ball when they did. Um, you know, it looked like the game was over. Baker Mayfield throws the interception. Now you're in sort of take a knee mode. But rather than let the play clock run down far enough, they kept taking a knee. And the Bucks had one timeout. And you can't carry that over to 20, you know, 2024. So Todd Bowles has one timeout in his pocket. And rather than after the last kneel down, I don't know, there was some 30-something seconds remaining. If they call timeout there, then they're going to force a field goal attempt, most likely. Okay, well, Lord knows if you look at these playoffs or any any given Sunday, how many place kickers 
are missing field goals. There's a ton of them, right? Um, but they, you know, they just opt not to do that. They frankly decided not to do anything. And Todd Bowles put the timeout in his pocket and let let time expire. I mean, they're walking out to the field to shake hands, Dan Campbell and him, with about 35 seconds left. Now, again, is it likely? Is it egregious? Is it like all those things that you didn't, you know, call timeout? I don't I don't know what scale this is, but I will say this. Weird things have happened in the playoffs before, especially with pressure and and you know all that's available to you if you do nothing because they screwed up you didn't screw up they screwed up and if you point that out and go time out after the third down play now they got to do something right they have either have to if they punt it away um they're probably going to try a field goal because they're in field goal range but what if they miss it and you get the ball at the you know the 40 something yard line um with still time, you or know, better yet, yeah, what if you blocked it, or what if you block it exactly? And had a chance to return it. That also could be, or they get a low snap, or any number of mm-hmm. things could go cataclysmic for them. You don't, in other words, you don't assume, you never assume that a team is going to score, right? Because you don't know what's going on. You're not in that huddle, like you're, you know, you're mixing it up and stuff. But all I know is this: that the entire season. Todd Bowles preached, we're going to play and play as hard as we can for as long as we can. And that that was sort of the mantra. That was sort of like, you know what? We may not be the most talented. We're counting out all those things, but we're going to fight you. We're going to fight you. And at the moment where he could have shown his team that very same fight, Todd Bowles just said, eh, game's over. You know? And it's it like stepping back from it, you go, wow, what a bad decision that was. <laughs> like there's there's no other decision there except they screwed up. Like Detroit gave you an opportunity where you shouldn't have had it to stop the clock. And you said, eh, we're good. No, man, you got to call time out there. Well, like, but my question, and, and you're 100% correct, and I agree with everything, and Detroit screwed up and then Tampa didn't, didn't they screwed up by not taking advantage of it? Detroit yeah. was in too big of a hurry to get to celebration. Yeah, that's malpractice. And what started they did snapping with that time too point. soon. And, and my guess is, and we may never know, but the Detroit got the ball back. The coaches upstairs said, "Up, oh, this game's over. Head downstairs." They go. Catch Wouldn't an surprise elevator. me. They go catch an elevator because everyone yeah. saw the time on the clock. You didn't expect Detroit to. Snap it so I early. You didn't expect him to snap the ball yeah. with like thirty I mean, seconds I mean, left. And you know, the, Jared Goff should know. I I don't care how much time you think is left. I wait till there's two seconds on that clock. Oh, he I completely snap the ball. screwed up. Yeah. like that could have been awful for them. Right. And so by that point, the Bucks coaches aren't paying attention because the right. upstairs coaches are probably on their way down the elevator. They're on the way. Yeah. I they're mean, as soon as that up. game's over, they're down the elevator. That's, that that's the that way ball was intercepted, and everybody got out of their chair and started to go downstairs. Yep. Yeah. I'm telling you. And and whether even Todd Bowles was paying attention, you know, <laughs> maybe not. He, he's probably seeing the snaps, but you're not. You're not probably not watching the clock at that point because in your head you knew, yeah, they they can run this out. We don't. We can't get the ball back, even with right. the timeout. You you looked right. at the clock and knew that. So he, my guess is he's not even looking at the clock. He saw the last snap, and you go out and shake hands. Well. 
And to your point, like, first of all, we, this is not the first time we've seen Tom Bowles struggle with clock management. Well, or there's that. <laughs> and then, and that being said, do they have somebody, right? Like in the past, mm-hmm. they would even identify him or her like, okay, this person's in charge of clock, clock management. Mm-hmm. They had, No one's even admitted that. We And we've seen the screw-ups, right, throughout the last couple of years. I mean, we just have. Um, and this one was, you know, again, I, do I think they're going to have a field goal block? Do I think, you know, w- something cataclysmic? Could, I, here's the thing. I don't know. That's what playoff football is. You know, it's pressure. Well, the other and, part of that is, is you're 100% correct there too, but you've also got Detroit's ready to celebrate. They took that knee. They think the game's over. They think it's over. You call timeout. Yeah. Now they're frazzled. Now yeah. they're scrambling. I mean, who knows where the long snapper is? Where's he at on the bench? And good point. You know, I mean, all of a sudden now they they're probably having to rush to decide. Wait, are we are we punting? Are we kicking a field goal? What are we doing? Like they don't even know what they're doing at that point because they're not that's thinking right. that. I mean, that's the other that's part right. of it is that now that thirty second timeout is all they've got to figure out what they're going to do. Uh huh. And like uh-huh. you said, the long snapper could have been down the tunnel for all you knew or whatever. I mean, who knows? That's why you have to call the time out there. You have to, and also you have to because you built this team on everyone counts us out. You built this team on, you know, no one's given us a chance. You built it on, we're going to fight you, and the word fight comes to mind. We're going to fight you until there's nothing left to fight. You didn't play, you, you didn't, you, you know, you didn't play it out. You didn't bring the fight to them at the end. You just said, eh, we're good. I love, I like Dan Campbell. He's a good dude. This game's over. Let's just shake hands and go home. Ah, you can't do it. It's indefensible. I, and is it, again, is or, it something? With, that's what the script said. Well, now. Hey, oh, we got conspiracy wrapped in an enigma. It was the NFL's marketing campaign to start the season. What were the colors for the Super Bowl team? Red and purple? No, but I mean, their their whole marketing campaign was the script. Oh, and, yeah. And Jamar no, Chase it's... with a no-handed catch, and, uh, you know, and Justin <laughs> no Jefferson this. And... <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, there's also the like the logo thing. Like, this, yes. you know, the colors have been whatever the teams have been, coincidentally. Um, I don't know. It should be a couple of great games. Look, you can't kill Kansas City. Buffalo couldn't do it. I don't know why they just keep coming back. Until somebody tells me they're not going to the Super Bowl, I'm going to guess they are. You know, at this point, Steve, I'd pick them to be in the game. It's hard to pick against Kansas, although I think Baltimore's the best team. I do too. I I really do, and they're home. But what what's my trust level? And, and listen, this isn't a great Chiefs team in terms of their receivers, and uh, you know, it's it's Travis Kelsey and and Taylor Swift against the world. Um, but that's not a bad place to start. What's my trust level of Lamar Jackson in going to a Super Bowl? Which I think he absolutely deserves. He's going to be the MVP. Defense is really, really good. I, I don't know. I I just Kansas City has been there, done that. Seems to be back there every year. This is there's pressure to play at home. I, I think the Baltimore Ravens are better because I think overall, if you took their defense and even their offense, some of the playmakers in Lamar. They should win it. They should. They should. But there's a little. You know, it's interesting to see the Chiefs as an underdog. You know, always before they were the front running team, and mm-hmm. now, you know, what did Mahomes hear 
even though he, you know, he had lost the Super Bowl in Tampa, he kept hearing, you know, well, you've never really had to play a playoff game on the road. He hasn't. You know? They've had neutral sites, but no on the road. I mean, yeah, you're in so Tampa, the actual but... visiting state. They're the visiting team, and so here we go again. You know, and Baltimore is a tough, 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 tough place to play. I, everything favors Baltimore, which is why I think until you slay the dragon, man, these dudes, Andy Reid and them, just find a way back. So they do. But here's the one thing, and and I think Baltimore overall is a better team. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think Andy Reid has a huge coaching advantage over John Harbaugh. No, where, John's where great coach. other matchups, you said Andy Reid is the better coach going in. Like, yeah, I think yeah. John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the NFL too. It's interesting because I always go coach quarterback, and you know these would have been two of the four mm-hmm. teams I would have said would have made it for sure. Um, and it's because of Andy Reid, and it's because of Mahomes, and it's because of John Harbaugh. And Lamar Jackson. And oh, by the way, John Harbaugh with a pretty good decision to sign, you know, Todd Munkin as his offense mm-hmm. coordinator. And that's worked out terrific. So um but I think I think the Ravens defense could be too much for Kansas City, but man, until you slay the dragon, I don't know exactly how that's gonna go. And then of course San Francisco and Detroit, that one out in uh California. I have I have seen both teams and I've seen Detroit twice now. And I know how good the 49ers are at home. And I think Brock Purdy is a better quarterback than probably you think Brock Purdy is. However, um, this Detroit Lions team, they're not going to be at home. It's not going to be crazy loud. And they're going to get all the pats on the back. Just the opposite. They're the most solid team I've seen. Offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, safeties, wide receivers, you know, uh, flankers, like all of that is tremendous and it's hard you know it's it's hard to go against them it is but at the same time san francisco what one of the better defenses in the league for sure so many weapons on offense at home now is debo samuel gonna play we'll see See, that's huge to me that's 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 that is huge because, uh, you know, Detroit had trouble guarding Mike Evans. Yeah, they're not a great secondary. There's no doubt about that. But but now you line up all those weapons San Francisco has in that passing game against that Lions secondary. Right. You know, you've got Kittle and Ayuk and McCaffrey out of the backfield as well. And, right. And, and Samuel. I mean, you start lining those weapons up. That's a, that's a, more, that's a better skills group than Tampa. For sure. Well, and that's that's a good point because I mean Tampa pushed them to the brink on, at home, you know, in Detroit and all that, and and they've been vulnerable to the, to the balls going over their head, and they give up some chunk plays, and that's that's what San Francisco can do, but without Debo, without that speed, mm, I don't know, maybe they are playing on the road, and and so you know that home field is worth something. I'm just saying, like the one thing you notice when you play Detroit, and I've seen them twice this year. And it's it's a tribute to to Dan Campbell, really. Mm-hmm. Is this his guys play so hard, like, and and everybody plays hard, right? You're in the NFL, and you only get to play, you know, what sixty plays if you're on defense or offense. But they do it in sort of a violent way, <laughs> like they do it, like they grind you to death. I mean, if you get in the fourth quarter and you're still in the game. Good luck because, you know, it's nothing left of you. 
by then. They chew you up. And I think we saw that with the Bucks and some of those breakout runs at the end of the of the fourth quarter. Um, I think they were just gassed. And the Lions can wear you down. And and Jared Goff, I think we're gonna be talking about him for a long time after this year. Because I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he sees the field. He's tough. He took some tremendous shots delivering the ball. Um I'm I'm big on Derek Carr uh, on I'm sorry, I'm big on I'm big on him because I I think that Goff is has matured. He's been to a Super Bowl and now this is his team and he just he sees the field. They couldn't do anything with him. And they haven't been able to do anything with him even when he was with the Rams back in the day. Jared Goff is an underrated quarterback even though he's in this championship game and I think I think he's better than Brock Purdy. I agree. I, I think it's a, a pure quarterback. I mean, I, I like, I like San Francisco's system better, and I think Brock. Purdy I do. Runs I, like, it well. I do absolutely. But if you're just going to go, who's the better quarterback? I would take Golf over Purdy. And he's got experience, and he's played in big games. He's played in a Super Bowl, so it'll be a tough look. It's a tough ask to go out there and win. I get it, and I'm a huge John Lynch fan. And personally, I don't root for teams, but I do root for people. I'd love to see Lynch get back to a Super Bowl and maybe win it because it just add to his tremendous legacies in the Hall of Fame, all of that. But um, that's going to be a great game. To me, that's that's the game. So, All right, well, we still got a ton of mailbags. We said we'd get to them. We're just going to roll them over till tomorrow, so that gives you more chance to get your questions in. You can always do that anyway. Uh, submit those on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFLStroud, or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. Dot com. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstyn, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 